Hi guys, welcome to the Higher Points, and uh, today we're coming at you. We got a couple questions we had from uh, some fans, some people we've had on the podcast in the past, and uh, we, uh, we're just going to answer those and chat a little bit and just have a good time tonight. So Yeah, try not to judge us too hard because um, this foam that we had was not being friendly to us. We even got like the the good side, the good double sticky tape. We got like the 3M or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I got the Ace brand, I guess, didn't I? Yeah. But yeah. it's really the the, the there was 150 st- pieces of foam on the floor when we got here today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so and like, they're falling back off the wall again after I put them up. So my eyes twitching a little bit, but it is what it is. And just at this point, I was telling Nate, all you can do at this point is just kind of laugh at it. You know. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting staples now. They're not coming off the wall. <laughs> One way or another, they're staying up. Then we're going to have like the uh, only massive earthquake to ever hit here, and they're going to like somehow the wall's going to be down, and they're going to be on the floor. Well, if the wall's down, then we've got bigger issues than the foam. <laughs> well, if they need luck, maybe it'll jiggle the billboard off the top of the building and onto the street. Yeah, that'd be nice. Get that headache out of ours. <laughs> well, um, one thing we also wanted to do on the podcast, because it's on social media, but it isn't on the podcast yet, is uh, Duncan, how do you say his last name again? Insminger. Okay, yeah, common spelling on that. Uh, you know, But he is the one that won the uh, cornhole boards. Oh, okay. And Jewish. Hmm, that's a lot of issues. <laughs> He's an ishy guy. He's an ish. He's got a lot of ishes. Um, but he he won the cornhole board, so congratulations, Duncan. Enjoy those. Uh, don't forget whenever you you get them out, uh, just uh, give us a super cool like tag on your story or something like that. Whenever you're playing with them, that'd be kind of cool to to see. Did you guys play with them at all at the at uh, Lauren's party graduation party? Yeah. yeah, we played on them all night, and Duncan forgot about them. <laughs> so they're at my parents' house right now. Come on, Duncan. Making us look bad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to hop right into these questions? Good, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, my phone's in extreme battery uh, saver mode. I'm sure it's just going to go great. It'll work just perfect. All right. So the first question is, what is your favorite scene from The Lord of the Rings? Any of the three? I'll let you go first. Hmm. Is it the start of the Return of the King when they're uh, lighting the torches from mountaintop to mountaintop? You know, they're alerting right. Minas Tirith that they need help or right. whatever. Uh, I like that scene. Really? Yeah. Um, I basically liked the the battle scene when they're they're going down that river in the barrels. And uh, uh, Legoleth is like jumping like rock to rock and that's, doing his that's like the elf. Hobbit. That's not Lord of the Rings, is it? Yeah. Oh, don't judge me. Wow, dude, Tosh I'm just gonna judge you hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only I've only seen him like all the way through once, yeah. and uh, I mean, like Star Trek's my thing. Like I can tell you about Star Trek and some of the Star Wars stuff, but I mean, they were cool and they were entertaining to me. But um, so yeah, sorry. You can hate me if you want. <laughs> My bad. Um, the battle. I, I have Helm's failed you. Deep was a good one too. Um, that's the in the middle or at the end of the second one. Uh, you know another one that I guess comes to mind, and I'm sure this is the right part of the movie, mm-hmm. is when like Gandalf is still like the gray, and he's like the whole like you know you shall not pass because that's where all the freaking memes come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh. You know, basically kind of like sacrifices himself for the better good, which ends up, isn't that what ended up like basically making him 
Gandalf the White or whatever because he did make that like ultimate sacrifice. Yep. Is that what happened? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so hopefully I redeem myself with that one. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next one is uh, I miss you guys. Can I come back on? I don't if I don't cuss as much and leave sooner. <laughs> Nate had an answer for this before we started recording. <laughs> you you want to say that answer? I said, no, fuck you, Scott. You talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, actually, we th- that is the one thing about uh, the conversations that we have on here is that genuineness. So if that conversation naturally goes long, then that's what we want. If it mm-hmm. naturally is a little shorter because that's what the you know person we're interviewing feels like, I'm kind of done telling my story, then that's cool too. And uh, that's why we also mark every single episode explicit so there's no like way anybody can be like oh my my two-year-old child was listening to this you know you should know so who cares yep we say you know we say fuck too yeah we say those things see everyone it was easy that hurt (laughs) (laughs) um all right so the next one is now this is a good one and i know you're gonna like this one is how should coaches balance caring for players' mental health and development of toughness? I thought that was a really good one that you were going to have like a lot of things to say. <clears throat> That's one I thought about a little bit on the way here, and like it depends like on the level which you're coaching. I think a little bit, you know, because like you get to the upper level, like college football and beyond. You know, I feel like you're Mental toughness has hopefully already almost been developed, you know. Um, at a young age, I feel like that needs to start to be developed and developed. And, like, by the time you get to college, if you don't have mental toughness, I feel like in four years, it's tough to develop that, you know. I'm not saying it can't be done, but I just feel like that's something that takes years and years and years to develop. So, I don't know. I just... um the mental health side of things, obviously, like, it's changing when it comes to concussions and stuff, and you've got to be a lot more open on that and talking to your coaches, and that street goes both ways, you know. The coach got to talk to the player, players got to talk to the coach, you know. Can't be calling your kids pussies for not playing when they got a concussion, you know, like I got called when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I'll, give a lo- I'll give a little bit of pushback on that because, um, and keeping in mind that I was nowhere near the athlete that, you know, were, you were and are. Um, is, is I think that everybody kind of takes that mental toughness and toughness in general and like uses it in all the wrong ways. So for instance, let me illustrate my point. Everybody talks about mental toughness and like how you should like go into the gym and like every day you should lift like this 600 pounds and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, as a result that makes you mental tough, mentally tough. I think that we need to change the word from mental toughness to mental resiliency Um, because I think like, for instance, if, if, and again, you, like you said, depending on what's being trained, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be different between football versus like a, a strong man, but you know, we, we need to be able to, you know, set the person up for success because you know, as well as I do, that it takes mental toughness some days for me to not go in there and want to deadlift 500 pounds, you know, (laughs) to to do the workout that I'm going to bulletproof and injury prevent. Instead of going in there and lifting heavy weights like I want to, you know, that's mental toughness. Well, and also I think you're, you're damaging inmate or inmates. Goodness gracious. That's where my brain's, my brain's (laughs) been at lately is thinking about things in a jail. But anyway, um, is, 
I think you're damaging the mental health of athletes when you are like, you know, get your ass in there and lift, you fucking pussy. Like, you know, I know your your knee hurts. You're always complaining, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, I think that it, it's definitely case by case with the totalitarian or the totality of the circumstances when you're talking about that or talking to the athlete is, you know, you need to set them up for the mental resiliency of not only just their body and all that other good stuff, but just to know that like, okay, you know, okay, your knee is bothering you today, like take the time off, all that other good stuff, and not make them feel like shit for it. I think there's a lot of that, like machoism, you know, look at me, I'm going to push through this pain kind of thing, and then now you're dealing with lifelong injuries and potentially surgeries or replacements and stuff like that. So I think if we change the the word from toughness to resiliency, when whether that's talking about the body or the mind, I think that we can put it in a better light to better understand um, how coaches should be coaching. And, and that's coming from somebody that's not really coached a sport. Um, but just seeing how Felicia coaches, I think that's kind of what she does is she doesn't, I, I've never been pushed past a breaking point by Felicia or expected to be. So anything else to add on that one? Yeah, I mean, the good thing about, like, you get to the college level, like, you get to recruit your guys and be picky about who you recruit, you know. And I think it takes – you can figure out after a couple workouts who's got mental toughness or resiliency and who doesn't, you know. And you can tell who's really pushing through and who's not so much. Yeah. And so you can be picky about those guys. And so that helps a little bit when you get to upper-level programs. But it's – you know, in high school and stuff, you're going to have kids that don't want to do anything and you're not going to play them and their parents are going to bitch and whine to you why they're, you're not playing their kid. <laughs> I don't know, it's a vicious cycle. That's why I don't coach. One of the many reasons. Um, I'll give you one guess as to who sent this question. Oh, on the mental toughness. There was something that I saw the other day that like, dang, like we're teaching kids this and it's at our gym. And they're talking about, they put tape on the trap bars. And they said, we're doing this for our seventh graders. Like, are you kidding me? You're worried about their hands on a trap bar deadlift? Like, come on now. That's soft. I'm smiling right now because I agree. (laughs) That is soft. Like, I, I wanted to tear that off and say, I mean, I just wanted to put this as soft on there like teach those kids to be tough you know it's a bar their hands are gonna heal they heal it's i mean they heal fast yeah put some calluses on those it's hands. um you know um you know the instagram meme video there's a reason their football team doesn't win very many freaking games right now <laughs> um you know the instagram meme video where it shows like the difference between like millennials and all that when they run into something with their shoulder yeah and the very last one is like the generation what what gen, gen z is that what it is like the the generation but anyway sure <laughs> whatever the, the current coming through school generation is that gen generation is gen, i think gen z is when he runs into the door he goes oh daddy my pussy and falls over like that's what it makes me think of of you know I, that's the part where uh when when jordan peterson said you know when your kids are doing dangerous things safely you know you don't need to like intervene and I think that the deadlift is a little bit dangerous. Maybe not trap bar deadlift. Trap bar deadlift is pretty safe. But what I'm getting at is those small items of discomfort like that are what's going to start building that mental resiliency. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then when you constantly interfere and constantly give comfort and constantly coddle by doing things like tape on the trap bars, um, just as an example, and you're constantly putting, you know, bumper plates on everything when life truly happens, that's when you're and they truly get kicked in the dick. That's when the proverbial dick, you're going to get, um, you know, they're going to, they're not going to handle it well Mm-mm. because they've never had to truly deal with anything. And this isn't me saying that like no kid ever will be successful if they don't have no tape on their trap bar kind of thing. But it's those small pieces of discomfort. It's just the same way that you teach them anything else, right? When you start teaching them math, you don't teach them calculus first, right? Yep. You start with something small and move your way to calculus. This is the same way. Start with something small. Okay. My hands hurt a little bit. Okay. I'm building some calluses. What happens like when those... you're going through two days and you're chafing so bad your inner thighs are bleeding? Are they going to just call practice off? No. They're going to keep going. In today's world, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes you so happy, doesn't it? <laughs> God, man. Uh, I mean, that's just it. I mean, and, and I, and when I, when I filled out the survey for USD 376, they sent out a survey about our kids. I just said, like, I feel like you guys are a little bit too, um, lenient on them. You know, you know, when Eli was having some issues with homework, it was, oh, well, you can go back and you can do this and you can, oh, we'll give you full credit. I'm like, dude, when I was in school, the, the best grade you could get, if you missed the, the due date, the best grade you could get was a 70. And then, and then every day after that, it went down by 10% until it was a zero and then you were just done. I had classes in high school that it was like after, like if you turned it in late, it was 50% was the best you could get. You know, I mean, that's something's better than nothing, but still, you know, like, I don't know. Soft. Got off subject there. So the next, the next one, and again, I'll give you one guess because that's all you're going to need of who sent this one. Okay. Uh, tell Jansen. Your, <laughs> tell your listeners how much you adore your adore your coach. She sounds amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, who do you think? Uh, That's uh, not a uh, question. That's true. You failed, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the next one is: What is your favorite lift, and why? Who's this one by? Felicia. Felicia. Hmm. As he's like, I got to answer this right, so should I get mad at me? Or, no, 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 just kidding. I got mine if you want to think for a minute. Yeah, cool. Um, so mine would be Circus Dumbbell. And the reason that I what? like it is, <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like that, but the reason I like it is it's just kind of cool um, from the showmanship standpoint of Strongman that you're taking this massive, huge, heavy object and pushing it over your head with one arm, just from the showmanship side of it. Um, it appeals. It's not something that I'm necessarily great at. It's definitely not my best lift, but I think from that standpoint, it's just something I enjoy um, because I've never, I've never been on the field like you, and you know, put on a show for anybody like that. Like when it comes to football and stuff like that. I was a freaking offensive lineman. I didn't get no credit for nothing. <laughs> but but I'm I'm just, I think from the showmanship standpoint, circus dumbbell. I like yeah. it. That's my favorite. Mine's deadlift, and it's just something that'd be my close second. Just like. I'm not great at it, and it's something that, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I can deadlift a lot compared to your average human, but, <laughs> like, compared to your average strongman or people, like, compete against, you know, like, I'm not anything special. Yeah, he likes to put tape on his deadlift bar. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to damage your hands. 
my precious little hands that I use to type on keyboards all day with. Just a baby. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a challenge for me, and that's what I enjoy about it. You know, I just something that I feel like I can really excel at one of these days and just keep pushing on. So something I can fine tune. I'd say deadlift is like a really close second for me. I I've really, never really. I like the idea of deadlift with like me, man, me lift heavy thing off ground. I didn't really start deadlifting until like a year ago. Like I never I'm actually did. pretty good at it for only having deadlift for a year. I never did. I mean, we did a little bit. We did some RDLs and stuff in high school. I don't think and, that counts. I mean, we did a little bit of deadlift, but it was nothing like RDLs. Heavy, heavy. We never maxed on deadlift. RDLs are significantly easier than deadlifting off the floor. No, they are, but they're um, I mean, still building those muscles that you're going to use. Um, so I had done that, and we I didn't touch. I didn't deadlift one time at college. It was power cleans. Was that just because you guys were working more on the explosiveness than just the... Explosiveness and speed was okay. our... I mean, we were going to be the fastest team on the field and at Sterling. And most of the time we were. I mean, that my junior year we scored like 70 points a game or whatever. I don't know. We were basketball on grass, baby. That's what we called it. <laughs> what did you say? Basketball on grass. <laughs> That's pretty good. We I had like to that. score 77 points against Southwestern. In our last game, in order to break the KCAC scoring record, and we did that. We, the starters <laughs> played the whole game. <laughs> well, mission accomplished. Yeah, that was the last game of the season too. Huh. I got you. I bet you guys are pretty stoked after that. Yeah. Then we went to playoffs when played Baker. There was no drinking after that game, was there? Never. None. Period. No, we didn't drink during the season. Ever. <laughs> uh, okay. So we actually had a pregame. Not pregame, like a night before ritual, me and my buddies, we'd shotgun a beer. Probably looking back, like, hmm, maybe we would have performed a little bit better, but <laughs> it's what it is. I think one beer probably was not a big deal when you were that age. <clears throat> no. When you get up to my age, yeah, it's a big deal. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel it at my age now. <clears throat> I drink one beer, and I'm like, why did I do that last night? <laughs> Mistakes were made. And it's not like a headache or anything. It's just like the mental fogginess. These freaking things are falling down all around us, man. <laughs> Like I said, gotta gotta laugh at it, gotta laugh. Um, so, <laughs> uh, here's the next question: Why does Nick smell so bad after a workout? Curious minds want to know. So, uh, for a long time, I used like the degree antiperspirant, and it was just the antiperspirant, no deodorant. So I would be pretty rough smelling after a workout, especially when we're doing these hypertrophy ones where I'm sweating like crazy. Um, but the best way I can answer that question is microbiome. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, everybody has their own microbiome on their skin, like with uh, bacteria and all that other kind of stuff and how it, um, interacts and how it like makes your, you know, interacts with your sweat and makes you smell and stuff like that is different for everybody. So, Cause he's a dude and he sweats and lifts weights. Yeah. It's okay. And I only take a shower once a month. All right. Next question. Uh, conserve water. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing my part to save the planet. Uh, oh, here's another one. Uh, why do guys not have a booty? What's up with that? Fatima. <laughs> Fatima. She wants to know why dudes don't, don't work on getting a booty in the gym. I don't know. It's, it's, I feel again, like it comes over time. <laughs> again, that's that, that mental, that mental thing of like, me man. You lift heavy thing off ground, like they're not. You're not worried about that. So like, I don't really plus, give a shit what my ass looks like. Well, and plus you don't. <laughs> plus you don't want to do those workouts. Like, 
with the, the hip thrusts and all that other kind of stuff, that scene is like a girl's lift. Like, I don't see it that way. Felicia's had me do it before. I'll do it. I don't mind. I freaking suck at it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's why. I think there's a lot of stigma. You know, you get a lot of, of dudes that come into the gym, especially with their bro science. Like, for instance, can you imagine Nate and Jansen going in the gym together and just doing nothing but hip thrusts to work on their booties? <laughs> Okay, good. People I, already I, I dislike no us more. enough as it is. I already think we're jackasses. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's just not going to happen, and that's why. Um, so, I think that's it. I think that's why. Um, let's see. What is your why in the gym? Why do you go to the gym? I think we've answered this a couple of times in different ways in different podcasts. Who's that one from? Uh, Felicia as well. Felicia. Yeah. She's asking a lot of questions. So I don't go insane. <laughs> He's laughing, but uh, he gets pretty pissy. I do. When, pretty... Turn it into a bad, <laughs> get into a bad mood. It's either uh, I'm working out or I'm an alcoholic, so I'm going to work out and make myself better. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine's a little more, like, I guess, complicated than that. Uh, I, I started out with the whole, you know, the typical mentality that somebody has of going to the gym of like, I'll, I'll go... I'll go when the kids are back in school. I'll go when my wife's new job comes through. Okay, I'll go when uh, my college degree's done. I'll go when work slows down a little bit. And we're kind of waiting for that perfect time, right? There's never the perfect that time. That perfect time never came. It never came, not once. So, I don't know, just one day, and then Cameron kind of convinced me to go back into the weight room because I was, I was up doing cardio at first. Because the weight room was kind of like a, uh, a daunting, yeah, intimidating, intimidating to me. So because you'd never done anything like, you know, I, I worked out with like a cousin when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but I had no idea. You know, I'd done some machine work with my dad when he was, you know, a, a young cop and stuff like that. But I'd never, I'd never spent any like tangible amount of time in a gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was an intimidating, and then. When I kind of got in there and I was like, okay, you know, this is working and I'm seeing like a change and I'm seeing that stuff of, you know, my grandfather, he goes to the YMCA, uh, or at least he used to every day. He's getting to, he's like 87 now or something like that. Still lives at home alone, still goes and does his own thing, gets around, you know, and he was, he was probably in his late seventies, early eighties when he fell in the garage. And did the splits and had one foot under a generator and one foot under the car and managed to walk his leg out from under the car while in the splits position. Uh, and then so he could get his other leg out from under the generator, stood up and walked away and had no lasting was sore. But that to me was like, ah, because I told him, I was like, dude, had you not been going to the gym, like we probably would have found you dead in the garage. Yeah. And so that was kind of a little bit of a wake up call for me. And plus, I have a lot of love and good memories of my grand or my grandparents and what they did for me. And so I really want to do that for my grandkids. I really want to be there for them. I want to do things with them. I want to travel with them. I want to have water balloon fights with them, like my grandfather did with me. Um, you know, be able to just go and do things, and hopefully even maybe with great grandkids. Like I don't know if it'll be like the whole like hop, skip, and a jump type grandparent but at least being present yeah and not being in a nursing home and i get that things happen like if you were to get 
some sort of a <clears throat> de- degenerative disease that there's no cure for. I get that, but Cannabis. um <laughs> but you know that's that's my that's my why. My why is thinking of, you know, hopefully a long future of traveling with my wife and spoiling grandchildren. Like that's that's my why. So, yeah, I mean, back to mine like I I'm trying to take care of my I destroyed my body for 14 years playing football, you know. Like, so now I do a lot more injury prevention recently than I have. You know, I'm trying to make my knees feel better, my shoulders, and, you know, so that I can keep working this job I'm working and work the farm, you know, and then eventually play with my grandkids someday, you know. So there's a little bit of that, too. Um, But, like, I look back and, like, I don't ever want to be that person that I was when I was working in Busy Bee. Like... I was fat, an alcoholic, like, depressed, suicidal, like, just in a bad, bad headspace, you know? And I wasn't, like, after football, I was so look, I was so burnt out with football and working out from doing it for so long and that I just, like, couldn't wait for football to be done because I was going to quit lifting weights, you know? Didn't know what it was for me. Well, I quit lifting weights for three years, and those three years were terrible. <laughs> and I just don't want to get back in that spot, basically. Yeah, and and also, I guess uh, another piece of the equation for me is is I don't want to be that husband that comes home, cracks a beer, puts his hand in his pants, tells the woman go get in the kitchen, get make me a sandwich, and like watches the football game, right? Like that's not what I want for my wife, and I don't want to get that beer gut. I don't want to look like that for her. You know, uh, a lot of guys, you hear them say, well, I ain't got nobody to look good for anymore. Like, basically, once you put the ring on, you can just fucking give up, right? Like, you can just be a fat piece of shit. That's kind of what I did. And continue being uh, just fucking worthless. Oh, and that, man, she's going to fucking leave you. And that just uh, that just doesn't resonate with me. Um, I don't know why. Um, I can't, I mean, you know, Scripture basically says to love my wife the same way that Jesus loved the church. And so I don't think that uh, that she would like me being this humongously fat guy that, you know, basically needs to be babysat. Yeah. So that's another why for me is, is like, I, I want to look good for my wife too. Um, and, and also I was a first responder that needed a first responder. I've said that before. Um, when I showed up, I, I remember one time, um, when I went to Ashley Tassone's house, cause a guy was trying to break into her house and I tased the guy and it was such a, like an overwhelming, like physical experience that I was like sick to my stomach. And some of that had to be adrenaline, but that was a wake up call to me as well of like, Holy shit, bro. You didn't even really do much. Like, of course it was a stressful event and you know, you're yelling at this guy and you're working through this problem. You end up tasing him and taking him to the ground and getting him in handcuffs and stuff. But truthfully it wasn't a knockdown drag out fight. Right. But I was sick to my stomach also because I had that rush of adrenaline, but there was nowhere for the adrenaline to go. So the the system was like, oh, God, what do I do with this? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I didn't want to fail people. Like, not only do I not want to fail my family and my wife, but I don't want to fail the people that I serve. And, you know, I, I want when they call, I want to be the guy that they can count on. So that's another one of my whys as well. Um, I just don't want to be a fat piece of shit for my wife or my community. So I feel that beat that one to death. Um, okay. Who do you consider your mentor and why? 
tough for me to honestly narrow it down to just one. Because I see, I see living life kind of like the way we train cops. When when <clears throat> cops come on the street, we don't stick them with one person and say, like, there you go, train them on everything they need to know, and then kick them out on the street, right? Like we will, we will take them, and they will train with multiple officers. Yeah, and then that, they and can then see they can how to do it in multiple different ways. Yeah, and then they can kind of take what they like from all of those ways and make their own way mm-hmm. that works for them. And that's kind of the way I see life in mentorship. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I've gleaned from my mother and my father and my grandparents, uh, even from you, uh, from your parents, from, I mean, just all these people that I surround myself with. So I think narrowing that down to to one person does a disservice to so many people that are just active in my life. No, um, I agree with that 100%. I mean, like, my parents, grandparents, you know, like some of the hardest workers I know. Um, I would say the business side of stuff, like, and I don't know if you'd necessarily call it a mentorship, but like Andy with the Real AF podcast, you know, I've listened to like almost all 300 of those podcasts and that's mental toughness, business. There's a lot of political stuff that's been happening recently and I mean, like. That he's spot on with, by the way. I get a lot of good information from that. Um, but yeah. It really comes down to just like surrounding yourself with people who are going to make you better. You know, people are going to push you out of your comfort zone and make you a better person. Yeah, actually, I I actually had a a phone conversation with a gentleman not too long back of somebody that I kind of want to maybe bring, I guess, into my circle. Um, I don't want that to sound like in a weird way, but like just that's just me. I don't let a lot of people in. Like I have a lot of acquaintances. I don't have a whole lot of friends, but... You know, just like my expectation of those mentors is like somebody that's willing to tell me like, nah, bro, you fucked up or no, nah, that's wrong or whatever. But also to be like, hey, that's a good job. You did that well as well. And I give that same in return. I mean, I've even been bluntly honest with you from time to time and I can see you kind of like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> but then you kind of take that step back of like, OK, you're like maybe he maybe he's right on some of this. Yeah. Or sometimes you're like, mm, fuck that guy. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, again, narr- narrowing that down is like I everybody in my circle mentors to me in one way or another. They do something. Did you read Andy's, his Andy Graham today? Huh? Go for it. Okay. This is copyrighted by Andy, by the way. This it is. is. This is Andy's stuff. This is Andy's not. But it was kind of crazy to me because I'm going to tell my story first. Yesterday, I got to the gym. I was in a pissed off mood long day at work and pre-workout kicks in oh gotta go take a shit go to the bathroom some jackass had pissed all over the toilet seat i mean it was like running to the drain wow in that bathroom and i got mad and i almost went up to that that guy's gonna make a woman very happy someday i was (laughs) ready to strangle somebody but i i went in and I grabbed paper towels and the bleach, and I cleaned it. <laughs> oh, that's right. Andy's Andy Graham today was like the things that you kind of do behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. Just the little things, like yep. picking up a piece of trash or something, you know, yep. just to make, like, to refine your mental sharpness and just, like, your attention to detail, that kind of thing. And I was just like, hmm. I just 
just did that without knowing I was going to do that. <laughs> well, and that's another thing too about that service mindset of serving other people and helping other people, right? And I think that being successful, the reason y'all are successful in business is you're not driving at I've got to make the massive amount of product or you know profit on everything, profit, 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 profit. You're like, how can we help people? Like that's what we want. That's what I want to do. One you know, and and if we time. get yeah, and if we get profits and we we are profitable. Like, fantastic. But that is not, like, your mission and your goal. So I think there's a lot to that service mindset. It's interesting because a lot of leadership trainings these days are moving towards, quote, unquote, servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, it's some new thing. I'm like, uh, look no further than, you know, your local neighborhood Bible. And that, mm-hmm. that's pretty much like, oh, wow, we're going back to 2,000 years ago. <laughs> yep. And and so it's it's, you know, that's the same thing, too, of, like, there's things that, you might do behind the scenes that nobody ever knows. Like sometimes I'll, I stop in the middle of the road and pick up a piece of trash as a law enforcement officer, throw it away. But I don't like hold my phone out on Instagram. Look what I did, everyone. I'm not doing it for the likes. <clears throat> I'm doing yeah. it for myself. Um, and then also for the betterment of our community and the people around us. I mean, a lot of times, like I look at that and I'm like, okay, someone could hit that, you know, or that's going to ruin someone else's day. Like, let's just clean it up and move on. Well, and that's just the thing, too, of like, for instance, uh, um, for me, some, this is something stupid like that is when I pull the last piece of the toilet paper off the toilet paper roll, I put a new one on the roll. I don't like set it on the counter or whatever. It's like on the roll. There you go. Like, not that super complicated. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not sitting there that. anyway. And But I'm the only you, one that uses my bathroom. You terrible person. So, so when there's not toilet paper, it's like, fuck. Damn it, Nate. <laughs> I only have me to blame. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you live with your sister? We got two bathrooms. Ah. Mm-hmm. I bet you hers is grotier than yours. Mm, they're probably about the same. Oh, okay. I, uh, when I when I was at, Fr- or at Fort Hayes State University, the ladies that used to clean our dorms, because the dorms were, ugh, um, she goes, I would much rather clean up after you guys than the women any day. She's like, they are awful and nasty. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I would have never thought that. Yeah. I feel bad for the people who had to clean, who cleaned dorms. That's not a, not a fun job. Couldn't imagine. So the next question is, what is your favorite memory in the gym and why? (laughs) Um, Mine is that one time when Heather was struggling with the the band, that ab workout where mm-hmm. she had to like spread out like a starfish. Um, that's probably like one of the funniest times that I've ever done when it comes to that as far as a favorite memory. Um, that and like the times that we come into the gym and we literally just lay on the floor and talk, do nothing else and like just work on some of that mental health stuff. But one of the most memorable from me, well, I've got quite a few, like in college, like our morning workouts, there'd be 70 dudes in this little ass shitty weight room at Sterling College, and it'd be muggy outside and gross. We'd get done with our workout, and it'd be the offense in there, and the mirrors were fogged over, and there was condensation running down them, and then the defense has to come walk in after us and work out in that same room, and the floor is <laughs> just wet, and it was disgusting. You know, that's just a memory. Um, another one, like, I can't remember if we were like seventh and eighth grade or like freshman, sophomore, but like, it was like a rite of passage at Nickerson, the box jumps that we had. So they were like, they were metal deals and they had like a, 
rubber top, but they had a little lip that was metal on them for the box jumps. And it was like a rite of passage for you to scrape your shins on those. Oh, and I remember oh, seeing I remember seeing awful. Duncan Shinbone one time because <laughs> he scraped his shin. So I mean, they would they would tear your shin open when you hit it. So you didn't want to scrape your shin. Um, I did it a couple times, just bang my shin on it and just blood. That sounds so awful. Just talk about mental toughness. <laughs> <laughs> that builds character. <laughs> I got PTSD from that. <laughs> yeah. So. Heather, Heather trying to be a starfish during ab workout. And if anybody wants to see that video, I got a really phenomenal video of it because it was that entertaining. Let me know. Be more than happy to send it to you on the gram. So the next question is, what is your favorite board game, if any? I haven't played a board game in so long. Well, just what's your favorite? It doesn't mean what have you played lately. Shoot. What's yours? I love good old fashioned Monopoly. Monopoly is fun. Um, I remember we went to when we went to on vacation to New York City. We spent three days completing one game of Monopoly, <laughs> and it was it was bad enough nobody trusted anybody. So at the end of the day, like everybody's like stacking their money and their properties and everything up and taking a picture of the board so all the pieces are in the same place. Yeah, and then hiding your money so nobody else could find it, and then we'd come out the next day and play. Good old fashioned Monopoly. I love it. Love me some Monopoly. Clue. I like Clue. So, uh, never played Clue. You haven't? Never once have I <laughs> played Clue. Um, what else? There was a <clears throat> Pirates of the Caribbean game we used to, Life. Pirates of the Caribbean Life. We would play, like, me and my family. We would play Life, the game of life. Nope. No? That's what you... You can build your families you're going through, and you get different occupations. And Except for it was Pirates of the Caribbean, so you can be Jack Sparrow with the Black <laughs> Pearl. Or... Um, speaking of Jack Sparrow and that, uh, man, I hope that <laughs> I hope that dude takes her for every penny that she's worth. Like, every penny. <laughs> every single one of them. Like, bankrupt. That trial's been... Ugh. I hope she lives in a fucking van down by the river. Did you so watch can... the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see the the TikTok they made? She was talking about him having a jar of cocaine. Yeah, and he's like, "And I got a jar." To... Yeah, I think he actually like it looked shows, at his attorney. He looks at his attorney yeah. and says something, and he laughs at him. <laughs> oh man, that I, that killed me when I saw that. But uh, I think a little bit of a hardship in her life would help her build some of that mental resiliency because I think she's lacking a lot of it. Yeah, I don't think so. I think she's uh, too far gone. I don't know, man. People can change. I'm not saying she will, but people can change. But I, I, I mean, you have to kind of be at rock bottom. And not to mention, I think, I mean, I work, again, since I work in law enforcement, I see a lot of times where <clears throat> we're, we're getting caught in the middle of like these civil disputes, right? Because that's what they're mm-hmm. in the middle of, right? A civil dispute. And I was actually just talking to a guy today about how it's it's finally cool to see like dudes getting some traction in court. Like, I hope that he kind of, like, sets that, like, legal precedence of no longer are we going to be pushed around. And It's like women and, women do this stuff, too. Men do, too. I mean, yeah. it happens from both yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah, And this isn't me saying, like, men are perfect and women are evil because that's not what I'm saying. I would say, I don't know. I'm but but when, like, for instance, the guy I was talking to today, okay, he, he wasn't making a ton of money. But he was making, uh, 
what was he making? Like 15, like 15, 20 an hour, 15, 20, 15, 40, something like that. Going to work, doing his job, doing his best to take care of his kids, seeing him, seeing them on his parenting time, all that other kind of stuff. He gets hit with like $800 a month in child support to the point like he cannot buy groceries because he's making like a house payment and like everyone else, a truck payment, insurance payment, had to go back to like old school flip phone, just the crappiest one he could get that he could find from straight talk. I mean, I have no problem with you having to support your children. Like I, I think you should. Mm-hmm. I, I think you should be uh, to pay to pay to support your children. But to the point where now a man is expected to not be able to just have like the basics of life of like a place to stay and some food to eat and that kind of thing. Like yet all that money goes to her. She's potentially now remarried she doesn't have or to whatever. Do. She doesn't have to like show where she puts that money. Does she? No. And that's another thing too. Of Like, you know, who's holding he, her accountable from what? Cause what? he, he talked about how exactly he talked about how she, he's basically making her car payment exactly. or her mortgage or when he, uh, cause she's like, Oh, I'm going to go get a new car. And he was just like, you're kidding me. Like, I, I couldn't go get a new car right now if I wanted to. And and while he's like, I'm cool with, you know, because my kids are going to be in a nicer car that's supposedly safer, you know, better crash safety, all that other kind of stuff. But he's like, if I wanted to do that right now, he was like, I am incapable mm-hmm. because I'm paying that much. And it just it's just, I, I feel like, like dudes have, at least from the court side of things, been expected to bear those burdens like fully and completely. I think it should be like a 50-50. And I don't know the answer. I don't know. I can't give you the formula of how exactly this works, but I think it may be like, okay, here's here's the bills for the month, right? Of like I need diapers, I need formula, I need like food, whatever. And let's say just to make the math easy, that's $200 for that month. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's split that in half. 100 100. Okay, there we go. We split it. Or if you take the kid to the doctor, and that's a $80 copay, 40 and 40. There you go. I paid my half. Yep. It wouldn't be hard to come up with something, some way to track that, you know? Yeah. Some sort of app or something where that parents can track both ways what they're spending. And, and you know, and, to where that doesn't just go straight to her checking account and she can go do what she wants with it. Or he. I mean, yeah. For that, agreed. Agreed. They can go either way. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think that, uh, I think that after he takes, Johnny Depp takes her for every penny he's worth, Disney, because I know you're totally going to listen to this podcast, if you don't reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean and, like, put him back in as Jack Sparrow, like, I don't even care who the rest of the actors are. <laughs> like, it needs to be Jack Sparrow with the, the the Black Pearl and everything like that. I think he already said he's not going to. Oh, really? I think he wrote him off because they fired him and well, they wouldn't yeah. listen to him. Well, that was another thing, too, about our society is, so everything, like, do you remember uh, when, when the TV show Cops would come on? It's like, cops, blah, 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 you know, pr- all suspects are innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> you know, you, you get the people of society that <clears throat> are victimizing people over mm-hmm. and over and over, yet they get their chance in court, and then... After that process, if the state has sufficiently proven that they've done something they shouldn't, then they go to prison or get whatever it is. Whereas Johnny Depp, from one effing article that she posted in a newspaper, 
had everything stripped from him and was guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the founding fathers had happening to them and why they wrote the Constitution the way they did. Like, seriously? (laughs) I mean, it happens all the time, like to NFL players and, I mean, anybody with money, it happens to politicians. You know, they're um, the people who are running against them. You know, they're going to fabricate these stories to make them look bad and try and get them to drop out of a race. And it's just, I don't know. Well, and you have also an entire media industry that is trying to sell ad space. And the best way to do that is, okay, I need to find somebody today to attack and make look bad. And I don't care who you are. You got things you don't want people to know. There's skeletons in every single one of your closets. Exactly. And and can you imagine living your life looking for smut to put into a publication of some kind to make somebody look bad? Like, you have literally have nothing better to do with your time. Scummy. And, and, and so it, it's it's like a people that live in glass houses kind of thing. And, and you know, how how much do you have to hate yourself in order to make other people look bad to make yourself feel good? Yep. And so that that just doesn't make any sense to me. And and why why are we not looking at it? Like people still need to be held accountable. I have no problem with accountability. But how come we can't like love people through those things? Like even the same thing with Amber Heard. She needs to be held accountable. And again, I hope she lives in a van down by the river, but that doesn't mean like I want her to be treated like a leper. Mhm. In the sense of like, okay, you messed up. Now what are you going to do to fix it, and how can I help you fix it? I'm not going to fix it, but what can I do to help you fix it? Yep. Um, and I think that's the, the mindset that we need to have when we look at all of these things. And the framers, when they, they were in a society that you know they, they saw their court systems were, you're guilty, now prove that you're innocent. And you're spending time in jail, and they're innocent, literally innocent people in jail. So like that's the way they made the Constitution the way it is, and... The fabric and the way of life that we know is just slowly slipping away and we're allowing it to happen and I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Why? Why are we doing that? Why are we just sitting back and letting the people that have the money and the airtime and the ad space and all that do what they're doing? It makes no sense to me. It's, I don't know, it's scary, man. It you've And this election is a big election for, I think, the American people, really. You know, um... But just like Andy said with Eric Greitens, he's like, I love Eric. And Eric's like one of the coolest dudes I know. He's like, but we can't, Eric can't come into everybody's life and fix it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're putting your hopes and dreams into a politician, like you're going to live a fucking miserable ass life. <laughs> yeah. Miserable as fuck. 100%. Like because it, like, oh, Trump gets into office, everything's going to be better. Like, no, that's not how that's going to work. He's not like, our Lord and Savior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's and people so, who think he is. The best thing you can do is, is okay, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're still here at this point, do me a favor because I did this and it was the best fucking thing I ever did for my mental health ever, okay? One, okay, if you choose to stay on social media and you choose to stay on something like Facebook, for instance, unfollow everything negative. So if that's CNN, MSN, NBC, Fox News, because again, all these people are selling you ad space through that negativity, okay? The the Liberty Project or whatever it is that you freaking follow, unless it is giving you a value add in your life, unfollow it, don't pay attention to it. 
Okay? Don't watch Fox News, MSNBC, anything like that. Any of those news agencies on the television at all, period, ever. Okay? They've all got agendas. Find yourself a radio station that is fully funded and doesn't have ad space and listen to that radio station or choose music that you've paid for that doesn't have ad space. And you will drown out so much noise in your world. Okay. And then it was a wake up call for me because I was allowed the opportunity to see, like I've said before, the people around me. I get to see Nate for who he is and what he brings to the table. And I get to see the Felicias and my wife and my kids and my my coworkers and stuff. And those are the people that I'm focused on. And then I'm also focused on me and making me better because if like like Andy says, and I know we talk about Andy a lot, but the guy is right. Personal excellence is the ultimate form of like freedom and fuck you. When I don't have to suck the government tit all the time. Like that is the per- because I have taken care of myself. That is the ultimate form of the middle finger and person and and ex of excellence. Yeah. And that's what we all need to be focused on. Uh, we got the change you want to see in the world. We yeah. all need to be that right now. We just need to be Americans and we need to chase the American dream, man, which is not like universal. Yeah, not the hand, not whatever. the handout mentality. Yeah, we we need to get past that handout mentality. And I mean, if you're in a spot where you want to like start working on something, start building a business, you know, freaking do it. Like, there's not a better time to do to build a local business, small local business, brick and mortar. You know, like people are supporting downtowns, they're supporting local, they're supporting their friends. You know, they're wanting to pay. They'll pay a little extra. Actually, you know what? Local products are, might be more competitive. Like they're going to be more competitive yeah, this, now. Yeah, at the, this point, exactly. With the way inflation is, you can buy eggs from a farm cheaper than you can buy them from a fucking grocery store. Yeah, and you know, like. Well, and there's also another thing. Like, for instance, my wife is involved in a ministry um, that hands out free food. Like they get food, and like for instance, like like say Kroger has a bunch of eggs that they're not able to sell because they're getting ready to expire. They give them to this ministry mm-hmm. who then hands them out to people like my wife who then hands them out. Like we, there, there are availabilities out there to be active in your community. And my wife saw that. My wife was like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to hand this stuff out, which I thought was amazing. You know, she got with our pastor and was like, Hey, can I store this in the, the freezer at the church in the garage, et cetera, et cetera. And so that to me is like the ultimate F you to everyone else. And that personal excellence is, you know, when, you don't have to go to the grocery store and spend $9 on a dozen eggs. You don't have to. There are other ways to get around that. Like you've heard Nate talk about in other podcasts, go to your local farmer. They would love to sell you some eggs. You know, the you can drive by. Farmers have been getting the short end of the stick for a long time, man. Long time. You know, they're actually able to go to the market now and say, hey, this is what I want for my beef. You know, up until this last couple of years, it's been like they take it to a butcher and the butcher tells them how much they're going to pay him, you know, like they can, they can set their prices now on that kind of stuff. Yep. Just like Melissa said, instead of being price takers, they can be price setters. Yep. And, which is exciting. And like, you should take advantage of that farmers and small business owners and young people take a risk when you're young, you know, 25, 35, you know, take a risk because you still got time. 
If you fail, try again. Well, and, and and also, like, let's say, for instance, like, for instance, Nelson. Nelson wants to open a restaurant or, or a food truck, a food truck at some point. I guarantee Nelson could, like, get together with people locally. Like, he doesn't have to go through, like, a Cisco or something like that to get the food. No, he can. You could go through, like, local means, and, and not to mention you're probably going to get a better tasting product at the end anyway. He can buy beef from Jake, put it in his freezer, and cook it as he needs, you know, and yeah. thaw it. And he can... I mean, it's just to let you know. Dethawing is freezing. Thawing is freezing. Thaw. Thawing is. <laughs> Sorry. Love you. Well, I went to Nickerson. <laughs> I went to Lions. So. Oh, we're the same. We're both stupid. Yeah, I say <laughs> both. We're both retards. <laughs> oh boy! I took you off your game there. We no, could, it's, it's all good. He could dethaw the beef, and then what? No, I mean, he can use it whenever he wants. Like, we can, I don't know, there's just a lot of opportunity right now for local businesses, and it's just, it's exciting for me. Um, the cannabis industry is, there's going to be lots of opportunity there from, like, setting up security to building soil, making soil for these farmers to setting up irrigation systems or building greenhouses, wiring greenhouses, you know, there's going to be all sorts of ancillary this is ancillary ancillary yeah. there we go business for the cannabis industry like there's gonna be a lot of money there probably they're gonna make more money than the actual cannabis growers and sellers you in know in the beginning yeah for sure it's it's exciting times guys but and again diesel is five dollars and forty cents it cost me two hundred dollars to fill up my freaking truck <laughs> so there's that issue too you know what i was also noticing so I put I put almost fifty bucks worth of gas in my truck and only got half a tank, which was whoa. And it has dropped like a rock. Almost like there's more ethanol in it than gasoline. Even though it's still being sold to me as E eighty seven or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like contains up to ten percent ethanol. Like, well, I'm curious of who holds them accountable to that. Is there some sort of a, and, and not only that, but I could see right now with them going, well, we really don't have a whole lot of gasoline. Can we get a little bit of a, you know, some understanding here? And they're actually selling 20, 25%. Like, I don't know that. Like, I don't have any way to like prove that, but I will tell you my gas needle dropped like a freaking rock, man. I know. I was Same. like, what? Like where, <laughs> um, this is obviously not as combustible as the, the good stuff. I'm about to trade in my <clears throat> freaking Duramax and get a Prius. That's exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, exciting right. times, man! Exciting times. You know what I think is going to be an exciting time is with crypto being as low as it is. Uh, I think now is definitely time to start buying some crypto. I think it's going to go way down still. I don't know, man. I think that. I mean, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna keep going down for a little while mm -hmm. because it, it's it's basically backed by the dollar, obviously still, and that's it's inflating and doesn't have as much buying power. But I would guess around the election, not uh, um, this round of elections, but for the next presidential election, I would guess crypto starts to go back the other direction. So two years from November, be my guess. Hmm. You heard it now. May twelfth, twenty twenty two. At least in this when this is recorded. Yeah. So if I was right, five percent. 
you're gonna be you're gonna be like wyatt remember how wyatt predicted spacex was gonna be the the leader of the space industry yeah i know where i'm putting my money (laughs) (laughs) um but i i because i turned my miner back on the other day after i bought this phone because i was like oh you know i'm kind of low on crypto so i need to mine some more and when it popped up the like daily amount that i was mining it was like three dollars and eighty cents like uh fuck that because it used to be eight nine dollars a day yeah was what i was getting so i was like that doesn't even justify the cost of the graphics card and the electricity like i'm losing money so no what is a bitcoin at right now i haven't i've been i turned off my notifications for coinbase i haven't been looking at them because that's depressing Twenty nine thousand dollars. What was it up to? Wasn't it up to like sixty eight, seventy two, something it, it like that? It made it up above seventy there for a little while. It was a year year ago now. Yeah, let me look. A little over a year ago. Yeah, that's it's. Let's see here. Six sixty eight grand. Uh, so Bitcoin reached an all-time high of over sixty-eight grand in November twenty twenty-one. After starting the year at just under thirty thousand, the crypto industry grew as a whole to a total market cap of more than two trillion. Maybe it could be around election time this year. I don't know. Are you talking like the midterm elections? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. people need to vote, and you need to vote out the incumbents because shit ain't every happening. single. One of them. Shit ain't happening. Yes. Email them. I don't know if you like cannabis or not, if you listen to this, but email your representative and say, hey, we need medical cannabis, because they seem to think that their constituents don't care about it. <laughs> They've more legitimately than, told the coalition that. More than just that of, like, at the point at which Congress has, like, a sub-30% approval rating and stuff like that of... Why do we keep voting? But it has over a 90% retention rate. Why do we keep voting these people back in? Because like, people just vote party lines and whoever the incumbent is. Because they don't do the research on shit. They just... You're literally beating your head against a brick wall. Literally. That's that's what you're doing. You're, you're, you're doing the same thing, hoping for a difference. And like that's the definition of insanity. I continuing, was to say that. <laughs> yeah, continuing to do the same thing, hoping for a different outcome. Like that... But that's not how that works. Like every single one of them, you know, I have a buddy, this is not what I'm advocating. So when I say this, um, I, I, this is not what I'm saying, but his, his always mentality is like, kill them all, start over. Like that's what he says. And I'm just like, maybe not to kill them all, but that like start over. I agree. Mm -hmm. Like peace. Catch you later. You've, you've, you've been an absolute shit show since you've been here. Deuces. Catch y'all later. Everybody says we need term limits. Well, people who we vote in vote on that if we were going to put term limits we we need to be the ones that set the term limits for them you know and do it go vote please right me that in the movie do it do it do it do it do it um it uh you know that's just a another thing of you know it used to be a noble profession you know a noble thing to go and serve your country and your community that's the thing it was serving those people aren't fucking serving anybody except for themselves now and yeah. their self-interests or whoever's lying in their pockets self-interest. Well, and another thing too is for me, perceptions are reality, right? Like mm-hmm. when you, when you see things of like, for instance, if, 
if you had if you were if you were hiring somebody to work here at High Point Farms and they walked in um smelling of alcohol, slurred speech and like all disheveled and everything and wanted a job. Like based on that, you're probably going to make that l- look at them and say like, "Uh, no like thanks. I'm, no thanks, right?" And so when you have like people like Nancy Pelosi or even others, I'm not just picking on the left that like can't walk upstairs, can't talk, can't do I mean, that that is a perception of just weakness. Like mm-hmm. at this point, it's like it rush should be like seriously we just need to go over there and just kick their asses now and just get it over with and take it over i mean like we're we're projecting nothing but weakness and i think that uh other countries realize that and they're going to capitalize on it and other countries see the divide that there is in us right now you know between right and left you know we're divided well they don't see that shit they see americans like that's what we are we're all the same to them they don't give a shit and when it comes to it like, we're all, I mean, we're all Americans. Well, and, and <clears throat> they're intentionally dividing us, too, because you've got all those, like, statistics and everything that's coming out about, like, COVID and how we've been treated for the last several years. And it's like, oh, uh, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, look at this. Look, Hey, look over here. Look over here. Oh, oh, we just sent all this money to the Ukraine. Let's talk about that instead. Let's, no, 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 no. Don't look over there. Look over here. Yep. You know, we're just going to keep punting the ball down the road again. Again, remember, like I said many times, you've heard it say many times, look no further than the Sackler family and what they did with uh, OxyContin. You're seeing the same thing happen again. We're going to kick it down the road, and eventually you're going to see what you're seeing now. Like Sterling, the city of Sterling, the commission voted on a, you know, quote-unquote settlement package, which is f- fucking pennies on the dollar, to never sue for any opioid-related thing ever again. Here's the money. It's done. It's over with. These companies are counting on that stuff. You're going to see, again, I'm calling it this May 12th, 2022, you're going to see settlements over the COVID vaccine. Yep. And they're going to pay pennies on the dollar again, and then they're just going to start with whatever the next thing is. So you're seeing it right here, right now. And and like I tried to post some stuff and give links and like be able to be able to like give information and be able to like let people make their own decisions. I didn't tell them what to think, but I wanted to give the resources and give the, um, I guess, bibliography basically of here's what you're looking at. Here's what you're looking for. Here is the, here is the information from the CDC itself. Instagram immediately took my post down and said it violated their terms and conditions. Like what? Like, I didn't even say anything divisive. I didn't say, like, kill everyone. I didn't say, you know, like, these these pharmaceutical companies are all bad and blah. I was just like, here's the, the like, they put the CDC thing down at the bottom, right? Here's mm-hmm. what it says. I'm like, I'm quoting the people that you say to go get information from, and now you're taking it down just because it's not what you think? It was what? The, it was the government disinformation board that did it. Oh, gosh. That's the scary thing, too. You know. When the government's telling you what's good information, what's bad information, what's true and false. It's my decision to make that. Mm-hmm. That's my decision to make, not yours. Freedom of speech, okay? Even the morons that say dumb shit, that's up to me to decide. They can say whatever the hell they <clears throat> want. And they can say it on, like, don't, 
don't make a platform like Instagram, Facebook, all that other kind of stuff, and then say what people can and can't fucking say on it. That's stupid as shit. What's his name? Uh, the old CEO of Twitter has since said that banning Trump, permanently banning Trump, was wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> hmm. Strange times. <laughs> Go vote. Yep. And Be please, the change you want to see. Please don't freaking vote just because they have an R and a D next to their name. Like, my thing is, like, for me personally, and not everybody has to do this, but when I step into a ballot box and they're like, vote for the commissioner of insurance. I'm like, what does the commissioner of insurance do? I don't even know. Like, and, and I don't know the person. I've not heard anything about them. I've not researched anything about them. So I leave it blank. Yep. I don't it's okay. Ca- you can leave them blank. It's not like a freaking test you took in high school. You're <laughs> not going to pass fail. It will allow you to leave the ballot blank. You do not have to cast a vote. You can go in and only vote for the president. That's stupid, but you can do that. Yeah. And if you are going to cast a vote, just do it with some sort of, some semblance of understanding. Yep. Ask some questions. Uh, do some research. And also be careful because the what you type into Google, like for some of the stuff that I was looking for of what the CDC, CDC statistics were for the, the jab and everything... I had to do some very, very created, creative um, phrasing to get the search result I wanted from Google. When I put in ex- like exactly what I was looking for, they were like, no, 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 no. Here's, here's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not the article I'm looking for. I'm looking for this article that cites this from the CDC. And I had to like change my search by like three times to finally find what I was actually looking for. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a massive disinformation campaign, and that's why more people. That's why podcasts are so popular, because yep. people know, like, we're, we're, what I'm seeing on Fox News is bullshit. Why do you think Andy's got? It's one of the top, or Joe Rogan. Why it's the top podcast in the world right now? You know, like he's speaking openly, freely, and he's not being silenced. Like, people are able to take that information, process it, do their own research, and decide if they think it's true or false. You know? Like, I listen to Andy, and there's not not everything I agree with. You know, I'm not going to agree with Nick 100% on everything. Like, we're all going to have differences in what our political beliefs are a little bit. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think podcasts are great, and I think the mainstream media is failing big time. And there's a reason that their ratings are down and they're fucking scrambling. And I think another thing is that people align with, we, we've been lied to for so long, like not just with like Rona and all this other stuff, but we've spent, I've spent my life listening to politicians say, change, change, or I'm going to fix this. 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 And then get out in office and never do that. Joe and Biden's so, been saying that for longer than you've been alive. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you've had 70 years to do this, and you didn't do it. It's time for the next guy. <laughs> and that's just what I'm getting at, is I think that people are, are aligning with that genuineness that you get with a podcast medium, because, you know, people like you and I, and Andy and Joe, and, and, and lots of other podcasts, like, I, I know we're leaving a lot of really great ones out there, Ryan Mickler would be another one I mm-hmm. would mention, is they have the ability... To yeah, they 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 have the ability to have some introspection and say I could be wrong about this. 
and then change mm-hmm. or stick to their guns. Either way. And I think people love that genuineness, and that's what you and I have always really focused on in this. And we've never come into this podcast saying that you have to agree with everything we've said. We've never demanded anything from you. Just that we may be wrong on some of the shit we're for saying. For sure. I mean, Amen. <laughs> there, and if and, there's and a my, good chance we are on some stuff. And if you if you give me something that I'm I, I I mean, ask Nate. I've told him many times before, like, oh man, like I was wrong. Like I, I did that wrong. I said that wrong. Or, you know, I was wrong on this statistic or whatever. Like he showed me things even on cannabis or on on Rona where I was like, Well, this is bullshit. This is bullshit, this, that, and the other. And he's like, Oh, well I can show you where that's actually not accurate. I'm like, Oh, my bad. So Just got to surround yourselves with experts and people that know things you don't know. Learn from them. Don't be afraid to learn. Check your ego at the door, even I, if they're younger I, than that's, you. That's the other thing, too, is like be willing to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay to admit you're wrong. It's okay. I, I will respect you so much more. That's how you gain respect. Yeah, when you say, like, I messed up, my bad, versus sticking to your guns, like, we're going to, like... Th- like flog you if you don't admit you're wrong i mean when i mess up i'll be the first one to admit it yep it's i'll easier. be the first it's easier that way get it off your chest you're done move on fix it all right well we rambled for quite a while it's all right it's fun <laughs> people are like seriously will these guys just wrap it up i want to move on to the next podcast so i can actually be entertained yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh you ready to wrap it up Yep. All right. So, hey, everyone, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. And we really appreciate everything you guys have done and supported us through this endeavor. Thanks for the time to listen. Uh, We'll catch up with you next time. Don't forget to take a look at us on Facebook at the Higher Points Podcast, on Instagram at the Higher Points, and our website, www.thehigherpoints.com. Appreciate you listening. We'll catch you later. Bye, guys.